Greg, I need your help returning this monkey's paw. <laughs> I'm afraid that the establishment does not take back used monkey's paws. Damn it. I mean, I wanted no <laughs> Spider-Man Sony news for a bit. I wanted nothing <laughs> remarkable. Nothing big. Nothing to handle on that front. And boy, f***ing howdy. Which I'm gonna have to bleep out. Did I? <laughs> it's too early in the episode for me to be swearing this much. But I did not expect the Warner Brothers implosion. It's It's been an interesting week of weird media things. And I'd wish for that to stop, but there's only so many studios left and I don't want to roll the dice. That's fair. But hey, everyone who's listening has come to the right place to hear us be very sad about it. Or at least confused. <laughs> yeah, welcome to Under the Bridge. I'm Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And I am Greg, a.k.a. Greg. Or Bob, if I'm playing Ace Combat 7 like I was just not even two minutes ago. Very good. <laughs> so we're not going to get directly into the giant Warner Brothers implosion. We're going to save that for later, after we've covered some other stuff. Okay, yeah, because that's probably going to be like half of this episode at least. Oh, I hope not, but probably. Mm. I'm going to start with gaming stuff. Okay. We're getting a Splatoon Direct on Wednesday. Oh, are we now? Yes. It is a live stream set to begin 9 a.m. Eastern Time, and we have been told to expect roughly 30 minutes of updates regarding Splatoon 3, which is set to come out next month? Next month. It- Wow. Oh, it is next month, isn't it? Yeah, September. Oh, shoot, I thought that was still at least a few months away. Say that you remember. <laughs> on, Splatoon in September. I, I want to be mad, but I really can't. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm so glad. Oh boy. So that's okay. exciting. We did get the Pokemon presents with more information on Scarlet and Violet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm reasonably excited for it. Really? That's a change. It it depends very much on certain things and how they're implemented, but at the very least, now that the Band-Aid's been ripped off of don't expect every Pokemon to be able to make it into this game, my mm. expectations can only go so low, you know? Oh, like, have they confirmed for this one as well that they're really not going to try and bring back too many of the older Pokemon again? I assume if they were going to do that, that would be plastered right at the start of the presentation. I mean, yeah, like, it would bring back a lot of people. Not that they sure. need it, because these games sell, like, absolutely crazy, even with the most bare-bones graphics and half the Pokemon it. Doesn't matter! <laughs> I'm trying to be optimistic. It's a new thing. We'll see um, how it goes. Terribly! <laughs> Well, I work in a retro video game store where people ask about Pokemon on a daily basis, so I'm not going to be. <laughs> I don't That's... even care about Pokemon, but I'm not going to be. <laughs> Fine. I mean, I'm, and so what I'm hearing out of this is like, okay, so what's going to happen is that 10 years from now, these games are going to balloon in price, like they are right now. Cool. Maybe, who knows, we'll see. Anyways, some features that were announced. You can go basically wherever you want, it sounds like. You're not dictated by story. There are going to be oh, three okay. different stories, one of which is beating the gyms and becoming champion, and we don't know what the other two are, but you can go freely back and forth between all three. Okay. However, there's a little bit of dialogue on the website that has me a little bit nervous. And which it is? says, There is no set path to the gyms. You can purposefully seek out a stronger gym leader, or you can simply stop by a gym that happens to be located in a town you came across on your journey. 
the way that they say mm. stronger gym leader mm. makes me think that they're not going to level scale and it's going to be okay there's still a set order that you should be challenging the gyms in but we're going to let you go off the rails and do it however you want and i'm not going to lie that's not much in the way of progress if they do that i mean that just kind of sounds like a a strange design decision at that point because initially it's like okay so what they're going the elden ring route where it's basically like you can do whatever but you'll get your ass stomped at some point anyway that's i feel like the ideal thing at that point would be you know commit to one end either commit to a linear end or commit to an end of okay you can do whatever and it may be hard, but we're still going to try to give you adequate tools. It kind of sounds like they're trying to like have their cake and eat it, too, by taking things from both of those systems. It's like, this just sounds like a railroad with the safety rails taken off. Like, you should do it in this order, but if you want to try to deviate, you can. You're just going to have to grind to level 60 anyway. Yeah, which is why I said, I don't even, like, for me, I don't mind that the rails, have, the safety rails have been taken off, but it's still, like I said, it's still a thing of, like, if they're gonna do the whole thing of, like, trying to politely suggest, especially considering it's Pokemon, then at that point, just commit to a linear path to begin with. Yeah. There's, there's no point making it open world if, yeah, it's open world, but this is the clear starting area, and this is the clear mid-game area, and this is the clear end-game area, and if you want to make it through the end game area, you're gonna have to grind up to a point where you can steamroll the rest of the game anyway, at which point it doesn't matter what order you go yeah. in, so... I mean... I feel like it would work, and and I'm gonna be honest, I thought of this by thinking about Need for Speed Underground 2, is, you know, have, like, a stage system, in a sense, where it's like, okay, so here's what's available at this point, you can pretty much do whatever here, Ideally, you should have, like, a decent setup for different things, but there's not anything that's going to be, like, so ridiculously hard that you have no chance of beating it. That would make more sense to me, personally, if they kind of want to do that. But otherwise, I feel like they should, you know, just kind of stick to the linear thing that, as far as I'm aware, Pokemon has kind of mastered at this point. I wouldn't say mastered, but, I mean, it works, and if you're going to half-ass the change, you might as well not make a change at all. Yeah, yeah, that... That was the big takeaway for me, is that it sounded like they're trying to appeal to two different crowds, both kind of the old school crowd who's used to those straightforward, linear, or relatively straightforward per progression, and a new crowd who wants to do everything. And it's like, I get why you're trying to do that, but it doesn't sound like it's going to work. Granted, I have no knowledge of Pokemon to begin with. So a I little work like anyway, it's... it doesn't matter, it's Pokemon, they sell it anyway. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I am absolutely talking out of my ass, but that's just kind of what I pick up from a statement like that. And I'm just being an old man yelling at a cloud at this point. <laughs> I mean, you have your reasons, especially I since do. I know you... It doesn't change that I'm not the target bit. demographic. Well, target demographic anymore. <laughs> yeah, but for all the money I gave them. Uh, true. No, don't don't get me wrong. There are definitely franchises where I feel that, too. Gran Turismo raises its hand in the back of the classroom. <laughs> uh, Have you like... seen the internet's new best friend, Fido? Fido? I'm sending you a picture. Oh, boy. What the hell? <laughs> He's so cute! He has Leia buns for ears. He's made out of yeast! I hate this. He's a purebred <laughs> dog! Oh, I hate this so much! <laughs> Oh, why Pokemon? 
he's a purebred dog. We were just talking about how I can't stop quipping, and then you put this shit out here. <laughs> yeah, no, Fido's great. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's adorable. Like, is it really, like, is it literally, like, the used Pokemon or the bred Pokemon? Like, is that what that's actually supposed to be? It's called a puppy Pokemon, but according to this, its moist, smooth skin has elastic qualities and is both firm and soft at the same time, and it ferments things in its vicinity using the yeast in its breath. That and is the most disgusting description of a Pokemon I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> and its name is spelled F-I-D-O-U-G-H, so it's Fido. So I don't know if this goes in the category of how do they keep not running out of ideas or they have now run out of ideas and are just picking whatever the fuck comes to mind It's first. really hard to tell, isn't it? <laughs> it's really hard to tell. Because on one hand... I can appreciate some of the creativity here, because it is kind of neat, I won't lie. But on the other hand, it is a thing of, like, so, like, I remember when they revealed the Car Keys Pokemon, and I'm like, okay, they have officially run out of ideas, and then there's this shit where it's like- To be fair, it Mm -hmm. wasn't Car Keys, it was just Keys. Still, though. But it's kind of a thing of, like, okay, I can't tell no more. (laughs) I can't tell anymore. Yeah. Uh, we also got some news on the gimmick. Oh, what's the gimmick? It's called Terrastall. Okay. What that does apparently is change the Pokemon's type. That sounds horrible. <laughs> this sounds that... like the meta's gonna be absolutely insane. I mean, I've already made jokes. I have made jokes, again, not knowing much about how Pokemon works, how it's balanced, but I have made jokes about Pokemon being, like, a balanced mess because from what I hear from like you and a couple of my coworkers, it sounds like it. This just kind of sounds like they're going like the, like honestly, the Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two route, where if everything's broken, nothing's broken. Kind of, kind of deal. Eh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know that. I can respect it in a sense because it sounds like they're trying to experiment with a core pillar, but. That does kind of feel like just kind of shoving one of the core pillars off the side of the bow, if that makes sense. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Oh well. Yeah. If this if this gimmick sucks, it'll be gone next gen anyway. Yeah, you know, like what? every gimmick. You know what? In that sense, considering how big of a deal it is, and that's in that sense, I do have to give some points for being willing willing to experiment with such a major component of the game to see if it works or not. So. Yep. Doesn't matter. They'll throw it away anyway. <laughs> or it becomes the next best thing. Laughs in Mega Evolution. uh i still can't get over the the animation in the game of quick caveat of like the girl when you do the mega evolve the pokeball just gets big and she throws it like a dodgeball oh no that's dynamax oh that's dynamax still kind of the same thing just like throws it like it's a dodgeball in like third grade pe but no, that all sounds interesting in a sense. I don't know exactly how it's going to work, because like I said, I don't keep up with Pokemon. I usually rely on you and our and our mutual friend, Christina. Yeah, to see we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. I got some disturbing news. Oh, fun. Tencent is looking to become the largest stakeholder in Ubisoft. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that Tencent is already, like, I think they are, like, legitimately the biggest game company on the planet. Certainly um, one of. Yeah. No, I think they, like, legitimately are, just based on, like, all the stuff that they already have their pockets into. Ubisoft is an interesting 
take. It's not a surprising one in a sense, but it is an interesting one. So, yeah. Definitely seems like a case of we want every we're just going to we're just going to stick our fingers in everything. Yeah. That uh, way we can't lose. What? Unless the whole market goes down. Eh. <laughs> Which <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's a thing of like, so y'all are gonna, because I know Ubisoft has had to deal with this too. It's like, so y'all are gonna do something about like the whole like sexual assault allegations, right? And it's like the Anakin and and <laughs> the Anakin Padme <laughs> meme, right? It's like, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, just make more games for us. Put pump out. It's like yearly releases for Assassin's Creed. Uh, how about six months? <laughs> And then in uh, cryptic news, mm-hmm. Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. Okay. Tetsuya Nomura, the producer, has commented that it is much more than a remaster. Specifically, he said, at one point there was also discussion about calling it a remake or a remaster. I think the product is more close to the definition of a remaster as the story wasn't changed at all and it's always the same game. On the technical side, however, the graphics have been completely renewed, the models have been remade from scratch, many scenes that in the original were only subtitled are now dubbed, and also the combat system has been updated. We are still uncertain on the term that better describes the game, which is the reason why we used Reunion. It's really complicated, as it's much more than a remaster, but at the same time is not a complete remake. I would call that a remaster personally. A lot of that, what he's talked about, reminds me of like all the development stuff for... Call of Duty 4 remaster, which, in my opinion, like, completely, like, on the opposite end of Final Fantasy. But from a technical standpoint, even though it plays, like, you know how it's going to go if you've played COD 4, from a technical standpoint, it is literally a brand new game. Like, there's, like, nothing, for the most part, there's almost nothing in common with the original thing. So from what it sounds like from his description, it's like, okay, so that's a remaster. Well, it's an actual remaster, not the whole, like, resolution remaster that we've been getting for the most part. So, I that I feel like that seems stupid, because at that point, I think, like, remaster would be a very accurate um, description. And remake makes sense for Seven, because they do change story aspects, and they change, like, a few core aspects to better translate to newer games. Like, especially since, instead of it being turn-based, it's, like, a full action RPG. So... I don't see the need to kind of fight over which is a better description. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's no more. Uh, can't get a straight answer out of them to save anybody's life. Mm. Ever. Ever. And if you do get a straight answer, it's told across four games over a period of eight years and still leaves you with more questions. Oh, I figured it'd be like kind of like a, a, like a Mission Impossible type thing. It's like, oh, you got a straight answer? Yeah, you, you, you gotta die now. Kingdom Hearts, baby! <laughs> yeah! All right. Uh, I'm in pain. Is that it for your game news? Or That's all I got. Okay. Hit me with your best shot. Fire I mean, away. Kind of an interesting thing that I find fascinating and really weird is that um, one of the things that was announced because Activision starting to roll out more information about Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, in particular its multiplayer, and we got a map reveal for one of the multiplayer maps, one of which is a circuit, is a map called Marina Bay Grand Prix. 
and it is literally styled, like, if not a copy of, very clearly heavily inspired by an actual Formula One race. Like, it is a Call of Duty map that takes place on what is clearly inspired by the Marina Bay street circuit in Singapore. And there's, like, this really cool cinematic, like, flyover that they did of the map, but being a fan, especially a racing fan and a fan of the series, it did kind of make me go... What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> That's the exact reaction you want from fans. What yeah. the hell? So apparently a lot of people are actually pretty hyped about it. There's there's a lot more Formula One fans that play Call of Duty than I thought. <laughs> oh boy, I can't wait to kill people on a racetrack! Actually, that's one of the things that really bugged me. So in a lot of Call of Duty maps, um, there are these there are hazards. There are like p- parts of the map that if you like step on them or aren't paying attention, they can kill you. Right. Like holes in the map or something like that. One of the things that was pointed out on the map that I noticed during the flyby, and I'm pretty sure is a hazard, is that you do see cars racing on the racetrack. Because most of the core map takes place in like kind of the pit and paddock area, it looks like. And that bugged the ever-loving shit out of me. <laughs> because it's a thing of like, okay, if there's like... Because one of the cars is like, in the map, is clearly on fire from like an RPG attack. So it's okay. like... So I'm thinking, like, there's a terrorist attack at this racetrack going on. I feel like that's what's being communicated. Why the fuck are there F1 cars on the track right now? Because <laughs> it's like, you know, it's not, this isn't a racing game. This is straight up Call of Duty. There's, like, a terrorist attack and special operations people shooting. And I just see, like, a small pack of, like, five F1 cars on the track next to the map. And it's like, this it is like the smallest detail that just bugs the shit out of me. <laughs> All right. But yeah, that's kind of the main... That's really the only thing that I have to contribute to gaming news, because it was by far and away the thing that caught most of my attention this week. I imagine so. <laughs> so since that wraps up gaming, mm-hmm. let's get into movies and other stuff, which I think in this case might be mostly movies. Okay. No, I guess it's also other stuff. Movies okay. and other stuff. Movies and other stuff. We're getting a Nobody sequel. I don't know what that is. Uh, that was the movie where it's like John Wick, but it's Bob Odenkirk instead of Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I don't think I ever went to see this. You did not. Okay. Oh! Oh, it's this one. Okay, It's I the one with RZA in it. Oh, okay, you know what? I do remember being sad about not being able to see it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. I'm quite pleased. I like this movie a lot, so the fact that a sequel is happening, I have high hopes. Alrighty. Alright, I'm all for that. Christopher Oh, Christopher Lloyd was in it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, now I'm ups- I am upset that I didn't see it even more. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure I remember being upset because I missed seeing the RZA on the big screen. But Is hey. it still on HBO Max? Did it get pulled like some other stuff that we'll get into later? Let's find out real quick. I mean, if it's on, on HBO Max, then I'm probably going to rely on you at some point to watch it. Oh, yeah, can... I'm making you watch it at some point. Yeah, unless I can, like, come across a physical copy at some point. Eh. Or if I do, and then you can yeah. loan it or borrow it. I mean, I do see a thing saying watch the movie on HBO, so it looks like it. Yeah, hopefully. We'll see. <laughs> so yeah, quite excited. It is in development, so hopefully it doesn't get cut for a tax write-off. Spoiler. <laughs> Such a weird week. It's been so goddamn weird, Greg. <laughs> 
but we'll you get have into no it. idea how much that unstabled me, but okay. <laughs> we'll get into it. Speaking of stuff that's like John Wick, mm-hmm. Chad Stahelski has not confirmed, but didn't deconfirm the idea that John Wick could go into space. Mm. He said, "There's a distinct possibility it could. I don't know if I'd be piloting the ship, but could the character go?" Even as a fan, I think the John Wick world is kind of fun and interesting, but the sky's the limit. We're not coming from an existing IP, so I don't have to follow Batman lore. I can do anything. If the producers, including myself and the studio, somehow became very smart very quickly and we could continue to be smart about how we manage it and get the right people to continue it long past my tenure, Mm. yeah, (laughs) anything can happen. If Fast and Furious can, I'm sure we can. I was getting ready to say... Might take like, a little longer, but let's stay Earthbound for now and try to keep doing a good job down here. I was getting ready to say, it's like, why do I feel like there's some, like, Fast and Furious, like, like jive coming up real quick? <laughs> um, especially since I personally, like, considering that the John Wick movies have done a better job of, like, actual storytelling than Fast and Furious from the rip, I do have a much easier time taking John Wick going to space and, and then um, Fast and Furious. I do. Still I don't get think that <laughs> because Fast and Furious is does it in such a stupid ass way. And to be completely honest, I'm not saying that I'm going to give John Wick a pass on that. It would still have to be something that's like relatively well done for me to be okay with it. But for all like kind of the craziness that happens, I could see it being something where like some international mob boss has like some weird ass stake in NASA. Or maybe it's like an old Soviet mobster who ha- who was like part of the space program or some shit. I could see that working a lot better than basically strapping a fighter jet rocket on the back of a Pontiac Fiero and sending it into space with pretty much no problems. <laughs> I hate that so much, but we're not here to talk about that today. <laughs> and not just because of the space scene, but other things that came with it. But we're not here to talk about that today. <laughs> nah. He also said and I think this was in a separate interview, Mm -hmm. that he did originally talk to Marvel about directing Blade. Huh. I could... hmm. He talked to Kevin Feige about it, and he said, and he actually asked me, what could we ever do? I was like, look, I'm not going to lie to you, I don't know if I fit that kind of studio mold, but Blade would be the one interesting thing I'd like to do. I don't know if I would have been the best choice for that in the direction they wanted to go, if you want to do the edgy R-rated version, yeah, give me a call. If you want to be non-apologetic, yeah, that's me. But I think they're projecting their brand, they're doing their thing. The individual they selected, I think, is a very good director, and I think will do a great job in the direction that I think they want to take the property. I could see Blade with some John Wick style in it. Yeah, I think I would actually be on board with that. That would have been cool. Yeah, that would well, be cool. We'll see what they do. I could see it being a thing of if they do a chapter five, depending on, or I'm sorry, not chapter five, a John Wick, God damn it, a Blade two. <laughs> I could I could see them pulling him for that. And in that same interview, he was asked if he had any interest in helming Daredevil: Born Again, since it's another close combat action property, presumably. And his mm-hmm. answer was, as far as Daredevil goes, it's the same thing. It's like I've just been let off the leash literally for nine years doing whatever I want. And if I want John Wick to go to fucking space in John Wick Chapter 5, <laughs> he'll go to fucking space. Uh, I, I like that aggressiveness. So I, I figured just... I'd bring it up because it ties into the whole John Wick in space. That's fair. I like that aggressiveness. I just ask that it's done well when written well. 
<laughs> we'll see, I suppose. Yeah, pretty much. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not getting ready to give it a pass because I could see it being just as stupid as what they pulled off in Fast and Furious Nine. Yeah. So, but I also like at this point I like John Wick a lot more than Fast and Furious. So <laughs> fair. In relatively minor news, who's ever wanted to see James Franco be Fidel Castro? Raise your hand. <laughs> so I actually, I actually saw a headline about it, like when it first dropped. I'm like, okay, like you know, I don't exactly hate it, but James Franco, yeah, like. By far and away, not my first choice. I could, like, even though he doesn't look like the man at all, I would have probably picked Michael Pena over James Franco. Oh, no. I mean, <laughs> he'd probably do fine, but yeah, no. Yeah, no. I don't know. It was kind of one of those things where it's like, all right, um, you have my attention, but James, but, um, James Franco wouldn't have been my first choice. Specifically, he's playing Fidel Castro in the independent film Alina of Cuba. Okay. I can only imagine that the internet has accepted this casting with, like, open arms and open minds. No, people are people seem pretty mad about it. <laughs> Which, I mean, to be fair, it's one of those things where, yeah, if you were going to get somebody to play Fidel Castro, why is it not somebody who, you know... Fits the cultural profile. Yeah. Like, is this going to be like, like, do we know anything about this movie? Like, is this supposed to be like a Tropic Thunder kind of setup? Or No, this or is, is this... not a Tropic Thunder setup as far as I know. Oh, so it is something that's actually trying to be serious. I believe so. Okay, I mean, I'll give it a fair shot. I just think it's, you know, a, a strange choice. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. I mean, eh, fair enough. <laughs> I guess, to be fair, his casting was supported by... So, this movie's about Castro's daughter, Alina Fernandez. And oh. apparently the real-life Fernandez is on the production as an on-set creative and biographical consultant. And she supported the casting. So, it's not like it was made completely independent of input. Okay. But it's also still... What? Yeah. Alright, I mean, I'll I'll give it a, a... A chance, I guess. I'm curious to see what comes of it. Same. Same. Yes. Alright, let's get into comic book stuff. We're gonna start with... Some soft confirms from Marvel. And then potentially some soft non-confirms. Or... Mm -hmm. This is all this is all non real confirmed stuff, but <laughs> Okay. So Okay. Thanks whatever. to TikTok, it was looking like we had uh... a confirmation on Moon Knight season two. Oh really? Yes. Specifically TikTok user I don't know how to pronounce this. <laughs> we'll just call him Dave. <laughs> if H you're a fan H A Y A A T T I A A A. H A Y T T. -A -A. No, there, there's H A Y A A T T I A A A. Hayati, Hayatati, Hayatia, Hayatia. There's too many with... letters in here for me to figure out how this works. I'm just gonna go with Dave, and if you're a fan of the Mighty, Mighty Jingles YouTube channel, uh, you'll get that reference. <laughs> 
So they shared a video that had Moon Knight director Muhammad Diab and star Oscar Isaac, where they asked, the question on everyone's mind, is there a season two? Diab asks, a Moon Knight? And then Isaac responds, why else will we be in Cairo? <laughs> Alright, so Isaac's got some shit stirring going, I love it. <laughs> but, then the next day after that went up, we got a tweet from Diab clarifying that there is no talk about a future for the character yet. Which means... They might just be in Cairo for no reason. I'm surprised there hasn't been, or they're being so catty about it. I'm so mad! Well, no, that's the thing, though. From what I've heard, at least, it's like, this show has gotten, like, ridiculously positive reception. So it's like, why isn't there a season two, like, being talked about right this second? Because God hates me. Great, and I'm pretty sure they had us in the works before. But it kind of seems like how when they introduced Punisher and Daredevil, he was so well-loved that everyone was like, there needs to be a show. <laughs> and Marvel was like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, 100%. That was the, the go-ahead. Yeah, but a part of me was like, oh, yeah, like, they're loving this guy. They have to make a show out of this. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm surprised they're being catty about this, because it's like, why wouldn't there be a season two? It seems like it would just be easy money at this point. Presumably because there's not a lot of room on the slate, and it might just be easier to have Moon Knight show up somewhere else than there is to do a full season, at least until the multiverse saga is done. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. However, mm -hmm. on the Today Show, Patton Oswalt <laughs> confirmed that Eternals is getting a sequel, and Chloe Zhao is coming back as the director. Okay. So what I'm hearing is that there's going to be another, like, unexpected and completely off-putting sex scene? I hope not. <laughs> that didn't need to be there at all. No, it did not. It felt very forced. <laughs> Might as well have just put in a sex scene between Fastos and his husband. <laughs> if you're going to piss I... off the censors in mm -hmm. other countries, really piss them off, you know? Like, go it... deep. The... Oh. That came out. <laughs> not in a way that I like <laughs> I was gonna say it's like well that's some word choice oh dear but I no, stand by it <laughs> no I, I am with you on that statement I will hold up that rally flag with you um, <laughs> I mean the only kind of okay thing about that because that is honestly one that scene and the Hiroshima scene um, and if you're confused about those two things, um, then Go you know how Eternals. I, then you know how I felt watching Eternals. Those are the two things I remember the most about that movie, and it was kind of a thing of with that in particular. I'm like, oh, I just imagine all the parents who are like, yeah, let's go see a Marvel movie, and they see that, <laughs> <laughs> and they're oh, like, I love it. It's like, mommy, daddy, what are they doing? They're uh, they're baking cakes, sweetheart. Uh, <laughs> baking cakes, you say? <laughs> um. There's a joke that I'm pretty sure I've told you in the past. I am definitely not going to retell that joke on air right now. <laughs> Fair, I suppose. Yeah, no. So the thing is, as well as that, is that the only work I've seen from this director is Eternals. For what I understand, like, you know, like completely out of pace sex scene notwithstanding, the kind of makeup and style of the movie is kind of her MO when it comes to movies. And that's kind of the part that I'm not crazy about. A lot of her movies tend to be very, like, dialogue-heavy. And while that's not necessarily a bad thing, there were definitely a lot of times at Eternals where I thought, I was like, okay, this is, like, really damn slow. 
So I hope that that kind of thing doesn't come back. Or if it does, it's not quite as egregious. I liked it, so I'm fine with it. Just maybe parse it down a little bit. If you're going to introduce a villain, maybe save that villain. If you're not going to give the villain enough time to actually develop, maybe save that villain for later installments instead of killing them off. Stares at the one deviant. (laughs) Ah. I don't know, like, while I was okay with the movie, I didn't, like, it didn't, um, grab me as much as you did, but it did set up some interesting things, so hopefully it keeps that momentum going and uses those interesting things well in the next entry, so, considering it's the same director, then I have hope for that, at least. Yep. We got some minor Deadpool 3 updates. Yeah, finally. (laughs) Ryan Reynolds has apparently started training for the role, which suggests that it could go into production soon. Okay. And Zazie Beats has teased a possible return as Domino. Oh! Okay. Yeah, speaking with The Hollywood Reporter, she said, Well, I can't obviously really say anything, but I feel lucky. I just can't really divulge or say anything. So we'll see, mm. I suppose. <laughs> I mean... So that's not she... a yes, but it's also... It's one of those... I I don't think she'd say I feel lucky, especially with regards to playing Domino again, no. if there wasn't something. I mean, with her being Domino, it's a thing of, like, well, I I know I've, we've kind of thought about this. I do think that she was generally, like, did great in the movie, but holy crap, her character's um, ability pisses me off. <laughs> the ability was, is fine. Eh, eh. But she's great, so I'm all for that. I'd be curious to see if any other returning casts or characters are coming back, like Negasonic and, um, and, and is it Yuki or Yumi? Yukio. Yukio. So um, you were, you were, you were off on both answers. Hell yeah. <laughs> I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. I would especially appreciate Bob coming back, especially since now if he does come back, they can actually call him Bob, agent, or rather former agent of Hydra. So Yeah, now that they've got the ability to do that. Yeah, maybe we can hear more about the Jacksonville mission. <laughs> they have a lovely <laughs> TGI Fridays. <laughs> and then in another little bit of news that popped up recently enough, I didn't have time to put it on the list. Mm-hmm. Giancarlo Esposito has confirmed that he has met with Marvel to discuss potentially joining the MCU. Yeah. Like I'm, right? that's not even that's not even sarcastic. Yet. Yes, that is a genuine yes. John yeah. Carlo, he the man really is one of my favorite actors right now. So I am all for more of him and things. And apparently, the character he really wants to play is Professor X, which I'm a hundred percent for that. I could, hmm, I could, yeah, I can see that. I think Unfo- that would be fun. Unfortunately, I think you'd only get a few movies with Professor X in that case, but. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, fair. I mean, honestly, anything that the man is in, especially if he's in Marvel. To be honest, I'm surprised Marvel hasn't like scouted him for something at this point. He's also Lex Luthor in the Harley Quinn animated series. That's right. Okay, I, I don't know what the fuck explosions are, Bane, <laughs> but we do have explosives. God, Giancarlo Esposito really is like the aggressive, like creative, like English teacher that you never had. Because I could, because <laughs> <laughs> uh. I could, I could imagine 
I'd never had him as a teacher. I don't think he ever was a teacher, but I can <laughs> actually think of like both an English teacher and my high school humanities teacher saying something along those lines. <laughs> yep. So moving on to Warner Brothers and DC News. A.K.A. the crux of this podcast. Uh, before I get into the shit show. <laughs> we got a confirmation that Lady Gaga is going to be in the Joker sequel. Who's she playing? Presumably Harley Quinn. <sighs> Lady Gaga can't do Harley Quinn, but... Uh, mm, I, I don't even really hate Harley Quinn. I just need her to stop being so much Harley Quinn. <laughs> right? And also so much Joker. That'd be nice. Yeah. Like, that was the thing that pissed me off the most about the Batman. Um, was just that. And it was like, this movie's great. But of course, it had to be the fucking Joker at the end. <laughs> and it's also coming out October 4th, 2024. Oh, really? Yep. Okay, so it's still a ways away then. Thank God. I need the break. Yeah. I mean, I figured it'd come out October of next year. But, eh, hey, fair enough. I suppose. Hmm. All right, let's get into the real shit show. Uh, Batgirl got canceled. Ah, uh, yes, and that is, from what I understand, just the tip of the iceberg. Pretty much. So yeah. they canceled that. They canceled Scoob Holiday Haunt. There's a sequel to the animated prequel movie, I guess, or origin mm. movie that was supposed to set up a new set of Scooby Doo things. That got canned, and that was in post production, I think, and like forty million dollars in the hole. Batgirl, they were $90 million in the hole. (laughs) And there are reports and rumors floating around that it's because the movie didn't test well, but there's also reports that the movie tested at least as well as Black Adam and Shazam Fury of the Gods. So... That's not horrible. No, especially not because those haven't been cancelled. It sounds like what actually happened is new CEO David Zaslav decided that it was... Too expensive to put on HBO Max, which is a fair, you know, that's not a stupid idea because the movie cost $90 million to make and that's without marketing or anything, so there's still more money to be spent on it. Yeah. However, he was also apparently under the assumption that there wasn't enough spectacle to make it worth a theatrical release. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Talking about. It's Batman adjacent and Michael Keaton is back! Yeah, that's... Yeah, even, if I, it's, even if it's a steaming pile of garbage, and I don't think it was, I'm sure it was fun. And Brendan Fraser's in it! Brendan Fraser's the fucking bad guy! Okay, now I'm actually upset. Even if it was a steaming pile of trash, even if it was a dumpster fire of a fucking movie, with that star power and the brand name association alone, that'd be a $200 million worldwide release fucking easy. Instantly. So even if you spent $60 million on fucking marketing, that's a $60 million profit. Instead, they wrote it off on their taxes and got like $20 million back, so there's still $70 million in the hole on that fucking thing. I remember seeing for the Scoob movie that apparently, like I saw this within the last couple of days, apparently like they were like just finished writing the score and music for that movie and recording it before they heard that the movie got canceled. So yeah. it's like, so it's like, Wow, this actually just screwed over a whole lot of people. Yeah, and they don't even have, like, the creatives and the actors behind it, they don't even have them locked into new projects yet. It's, yeah, we're canceling your shit, 
but we're really hoping that we can work with you on something else. And it's like, why is anybody going to work with you after this? Yeah. Yeah, you just destroyed a whole bunch of trust and goodwill, just like canceling, especially canceling two projects that were, for all intents and purposes, finished. Yeah! Like, uh, like one, like I was kind of talking about it with one of my coworkers, and they mentioned how it's interesting how these movies, which are finished, are getting canceled. But, and I did make the point of, yeah, but this one was closer to the point of no return, or farther from the point of no return than those other two. But the Flash movie, with all its craziness, is still going. And it's like, yeah, no, it is actually kind of nuts. Because all these movies are done. It's like, such bad optics! Yeah, like, all three projects are done, so why is it these two are getting the shaft? It's, it, it, they want to they reorient all their stuff, like, they want to get DC going up again. It's like, who's going to want to work with you on a DC thing after this? Who the fuck is going to trust you that anything they make is going to get fucking is actually gonna come out yeah and especially because the dc project that you had going with the whole batgirl thing on paper sounds like a good time like would it have been like the major thing to get a whole lot of people back on dc probably not but it would have been a good like feeler if nothing else yeah just very strange business decision making going on right now and the really funny thing is and not to make it a competition but i <sighs> I also kind of want to make it a competition. Mildly compelled to make it a competition. <laughs> right. Even worse, the directors of Batgirl, Adil El Arbi and Bilal Falah, the directors of Bad Boys for Life, and also, I believe they at least directed the first and the last episodes of Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. I believe they were at a wedding when they got the news. Oh! <laughs> Oh, that. Ugh. Right? <laughs> I mean, granted, there's no way that they could have known about that. But, well, actually, they probably did. But <laughs> uh, holy shit. <laughs> and then they shared a tweet from Kev from an email from Kevin Feige saying, hey, basically it boiled down to, I'm really sorry to hear about that. You guys are tremendous filmmakers, and I hope to work with you guys again on something soon, which... Both good form and also a very slick, hey, remember how we let you guys make something and it came out? <laughs> you know, you know Feige is sitting in his office with some producers and the casting director looking at Leslie Grace, the actress who got screwed out of playing Batgirl, the poor thing, and going, what can we lock her in on now? What can uh... we pitch her like yesterday that <laughs> we can put on the slate? Because that's just a whole press tour based on how does it feel to be in a superhero movie that's coming out because the studio you're working for isn't a fucking train wreck this time. I, you know, I don't see how or, like, how this would work because I can't think of any other characters that could go for it. But I feel like if I was petty enough, when I am kind of petty enough, and I worked for Marvel in a high up position, I'd be like, so we need to, like, kind of grab her because... This is a bit of a golden opportunity right now. <laughs> Don't know how, I would just be petty enough to at least think about it. I mean, if they're trying to expand Cosmic Marvel, maybe like Quasar or something? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I'm not making the I'm not making the movies. I'm oh, just no. <laughs> I'm just watching all this shit go on fire. I mean, normally when it comes like comes to things like this, because I don't I can't talk about movie stuff with as much confidence as you are as you do. Normally, I kind of end it with, okay, but at the end of the day, 
ultimately people who are paid more than me and are smarter than me are at the helm of this. No, and, they're not. <laughs> and the latter is very much being challenged this week. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I am not a particularly smart person, but I wouldn't do this. <laughs> all told, all the content that they asked for a tax write-off amounts to $825 million, which is a pretty big sum that goes towards David Zaslav's vow to cut down $3 billion worth of costs. But also, man, fuck you. Yeah, it's a thing of, like, I respect the goal, but that's not the way to accomplish it, because it's a thing of, like, like my, my thing more than anything else is that this man just fucked a whole lot of people. And you're still letting the it's Flash like movie even, out! Yeah, like, well, not even, like, in terms of the actors, just everyone who worked on that movie. Because, again, both of those projects are done. I know we care more about Batgirl, but it's just like, my man, you just screwed over, like, probably a good couple hundred people like holy shit <laughs> it's disgusting it's really disgusting and you've already dumped like 300 million dollars on the flash movie and that's without kicking marketing in a high gear and that's when you're probably gonna have to skip the press tour because ezra miller's still having an ezra meltdown and fucking <laughs> you're so deep in the hole on that fucking movie mm. but that one's coming out but batgirl the one with no scandal, no production issues, not an unkind word to say about anybody in the fucking thing. That movie got the axe. Yeah. So you could lose $70 million on it. <laughs> I'm sorry for all the shouting, but I just can't fucking believe it. Yeah. I was I looking you, forward to that one. I'll tell you what. Like, because I kind of was, too. I didn't know much about it, but I was, too. This is very much another one of those things where I would kill to be, like, a beast boy fly on the wall. Right? Um, for all of this crap. <laughs> this isn't even the worst part. They axed a bunch of programs at TBS and TNT, and then they reviewed their plans at the Q2 earnings report. Mm. And, oh boy. um, They're planning to smash HBO Max and Discovery Plus together. In 2023. Uh, this despite the fact that HBO Max has three times the install base of Discovery Plus. Because Discovery Plus is just nothing but fucking reality TV like 90 Day Fiance and fucking Shark Week and shit. Which is kind of the thing that always made me go. Like, in a certain degree, I... I mean, don't get me wrong, I still think it's kind of a bad idea. But it makes more sense of the whole, like, bad girl thing. Because for the longest time, I did go, okay, so who exactly is Discovery Plus for? Like, what is the audience for this program? With it being, like, pretty much 99% reality shows. Um, yeah, and this, this is whole another... thing came with a sexist as hell graphic that said HBO Max is male skewed and Discovery Plus is female skewed. And that HBO Max is the home of fandoms, but Discovery Plus is the home of genre-dums, which, what the what is fuck that even is a genre-dum? What does that even mean? <laughs> is that saying that, like, women are just into, like, specifically rom-coms or something? Uh, what does yeah, that mean? Because that, cause if that is what they're implying, that is an objective falsehood. <laughs> it's fucking... It's some of the most by-the-charts 
bullshit thing I've ever seen. Mm. And saying Discovery Plus is more unscripted content when it's like, bitch! There's so much reality, <laughs> reality TV on TV. there! You tell me that shit ain't scripted? You tell me 90 Day Fiance is completely just... <laughs> yeah, no, I believe that's 100% real. Yeah, it's like, it's unscripted. It's like, yeah, it's unscripted. Sex in the City is on this list. <laughs> it, like, reality TV is anything but scripted. Or is scripted to help. You know, Sex in the City is not reality TV in the, in the series, No, I right? know. Okay. But I am very aware, but it's kind of one of those things where it's... Because I, I saw, or I think you sent me, like, a little graphic of, like, all the series that they're, like, trying to push together. And it's like, these... Like, I can kind of... To an extent, I can kind of see what they're trying to do. But I do ultimately think that this is just going to end up alienating a lot more people than it does bringing people in. You know, I saw I saw a chain on Twitter, which I'm embarrassed to say that I've been paying more attention to Twitter now. But <laughs> this one Twitter thread I saw raised a really good point, And it's that for all the talk about franchises and the, the fact they have Shark Week and 90 Day Fiance and Game of Thrones on here and fucking... You know what's conspicuously absent? Mm. Because... Presumably it doesn't factor into their plans, and presumably because it makes the old guard look good. Mm -hmm. The Conjuring universe. How is the, yeah, how is the Conjuring universe Because here? they put Superman on here, and to be fair, Superman's not just about movies. Superman makes a lot of ancillary merchandise as well. Yeah. But the Conjuring movies have made more money than everything since 2013 that's had Superman in it. And the Conjuring movies are cheaper to make! That's yeah. one of their more profitable fucking franchises. Yeah. So the fact that in this big grand plan, there's no mention of the thing that makes them a bunch of money. Mm. What the fuck? Yeah, that's a that's a that's a strange one because just because of just how big and how much clout The Conjuring has as a as a franchise. Even if they're planning on dialing it down, it's still a case of. Ah, why would you? You could spin this out for fucking ever. You made yeah. three movies just based on the fucking doll. <laughs> for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's crazy. And then they, they've been pulling stuff off HBO Max, original HBO Max content, completely without warning, and they've been doing it for weeks. Haven't they pulled a whole lot of, like, DC stuff off of HBO Max? I don't know about the DC stuff. I've just been paying attention to the fact that it's all original programming. The Witches hmm. got removed. Full Bloom, Final Space. It's just like, why, why are you removing stuff that you own? This is your original content made for the service. Can you imagine if Netflix just pulled BoJack Horseman for no reason? Insanity! Yeah. This is, yeah, again, would love to be on the, the wall of these board meetings. And then, to bring it back to the stuff that I actually know about, because a lot of this stuff, to be fair, is me spitballing and going off of analysis by other people who I assume know more than me, because I'm not in the industry. I don't, I don't know some of this stuff. There might be some method to his madness. Same. <laughs> but, in a call with shareholders, Zaslov specifically addressed plans for DC. Oh and he said, we have done a reset, we've restructured the business with a focus. 
And he said there will be a team with a 10-year plan focusing just on DC, calling it very similar to how Disney handles Marvel. And it's like, you dumb motherfucker! Marvel doesn't have a 10-year plan! Yeah, no. Have you ever noticed Marvel, at best, will announce their shit five years in advance, and that's it? You know why that is? That's because they know that if they announce ten years out, and then three years in, something goes askew, they have to change all their fucking plans, and that's bad for business. It's bad optics. Yeah, um, as much as I hate to use it as, a, as an example, Chadwick Boseman says hi. Right? I'll guarantee you, when Marvel put Thanos in the end credit scene of the Avengers, they did not have Infinity War planned. There was oh, no, no plan no, no. for Infinity War. There was presumably an idea that at some point down the line, the Avengers were going to fight Thanos, and probably the Infinity Stones would be involved, because that's what Thanos is most associated with, but they did not have the whole fucking thing planned out and scripted. There is not a 10-year plan. There never has been. Marvel is really good at making one movie at a time and then tying it all together. And only recently have they started to move away from that with clearly setting up multiple seeds at once. And in case you haven't noticed, this is where people are starting to notice the fucking cracks. Yeah, because that was actually going to be that was going to be something that I was getting ready to mention is that they're doing more of that now, but it's kind of showing how it doesn't really coalesce very well. And they had to win the crowd back by going, don't worry guys, there is a plan, this is where it's going, and it worked for them, but it worked for them because they've been doing this for 10 plus years, and they built up that goodwill. Because yeah. they had, just three years ago, the highest grossing movie of all time until they re-released Avatar again. <laughs> but that's still no small fucking feat no no not in the slightest they had a giant fucking tentpole superhero movie based on 10 years of interconnected connectivity and people are still giving them shit about getting ahead of themselves right now what the fuck makes you think you're going to get away with it by Zaslav's bloody fucking axe this is stupid my biggest concern with all of this, besides all the stuff that you have mentioned, is really kind of going back to the thing of, like, I can only imagine they are extremely confident in whatever comes next. Like, I'm thinking, like, the only, I'm thinking that the guy's going is like, okay, so we've had the whole Ezra Miller and Amber Heard nonsense Nothing else stupid is going to happen, right? Anakin and Padme meme again. <laughs> right? Especially because... Okay, so you set up Flash to be presumably the reboot. Like, there's all there's plot leaks floating around and stuff that say, like, this is going to end with, you know, Michael Keaton's the new Batman and Sasha Kaye's Supergirl is going to be the new Kryptonian in town instead of Henry Cavill's Superman because the odds are Henry Cavill's not coming back at this point. Mm -hmm. Which, after the way they fucking treated him, I don't fucking blame him. Yeah. But... The Supergirl movie's probably been axed. Green Lantern Corps at HBO Max has been axed. Yeah, I was actually looking forward to that, too. James Gunn has confirmed Peacemaker Season 2 is safe, so that's alright. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> Who knows what's gonna happen with Blue Beetle? Mmm. Strange Adventures got axed. They're just cutting all the DC stuff left and right. It's like, what are people supposed to have to look forward to? Just tentpole stuff? Because it sounds like you're just focusing on the shit we've all seen before. 
You want to talk about being similar to Marvel? Cool. Marvel didn't have a 10-year plan, and also, Marvel wasn't afraid to take a big fucking swing. Yeah, no. The cynic in me, this is like kind of a joke, but also kind of an actual thought, is that I'm thinking with everything that's going on, it's like, okay, so they're going to put their money into... Uh, probably a big part of it into like whatever whatever Shazam thing is um is gonna do next between like actual Shazam and Black Adam. Who knows? The first Shazam wasn't a big earner, and this one's coming out right at just a few days after Avatar Two. Oh God! This might not make enough money for them to think that it's worth it to make a third. I completely forgot about. Oh no! Yeah, they kind of fucked it. In case you forgot. Yeah, oh, I swear to God, if they cancel because of that, it's like, no, that's you idiots' fault. <laughs> don't be surprised if they don't do Shazam 3 and instead they do Black Adam versus Shazam, with Black Adam having top billing because it's The Rock and he's a guaranteed box office draw, don't you know? I mean, he is, unfortunately. Um, unfortunately, in the sense that I think it, they kind of use him too much as a money-printing thing, story and writing be damned. Um, ugh. Ah, God, this is, yeah, this is strange. None of this makes, like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I am, like, a business, like, knowledgeable person, because I sure as shit am not. But, like, this just flies in the face of what I feel like should be just basic common sense when it comes to planning, well, everything. It's, the whole thing of, like, oh, we're rebooting DC kind of gets a chuckle out of me, because it's like, okay, so isn't this, like, the at least like, the third or so reboot that DC's gotten at this uh, point? not reboot, reset. Reset. Point still stands. So it's kind of a thing of, like, okay, so if anything, this makes me go that think that you guys still don't actually have a plan and are just trying to save things to, like, kind of fix it. And But the thing is that if you don't have a concrete plan, while definitely not ideal, that's not exactly the end of the world either. But Everything that you're doing here is world-ending if just one tiny thing goes wrong. Like, this is just a bad domino set just waiting to be taken down. If it's any consolation, I don't know where their stock is at right now, but it did drop 16% after this whole fucking fiasco. Ouch. Right? That's... that's a big drop. Yeah. Jesus. Like, it's almost just... like everybody can see through your fucking glad-handing bullshit and realize that you don't actually have an idea. The, the Russian stock market looks at that and goes, like, can we have, like, that, please? <laughs> 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 I, I've kind of said about making that uh, joke, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> because, and moving into the last bit of news that I've got, because it's related. Mm -hmm. Earlier this week, we got a tweet from producer... On the Flash, Barbara Machete saying, "All is good in Flashland." <laughs> I would really, honestly, not so much. I for all the people who were involved in it, um, definitely Ezra Miller, notwithstanding. I really hope so. <laughs> well, that was already basically a fucking lie, based on all the other shit that had been going on. <laughs> but as of eleven twenty-three p.m. on August seventh. Ezra Miller has been charged with felony burglary in Stamford, Vermont. Yes. Uh, well, not yes in a congratulate sense. Not yes in like, oh, freaking finally. Yes, police uh, located Miller on August 7th at 11.23pm and issued a citation to appear in Vermont Superior Court on September 26th for arraignment. According to the report, 
They were notified of a burglary complaint from a resident in Stamford at 5.55 p.m. on May 1st. Police found that several bottles of alcohol were taken from the residents while the homeowners were not present. After collecting statements and looking at surveillance videos, police found probable cause to charge Miller with felony burglary into an unoccupied dwelling. I have to imagine felony evasion has to be part has to be an upcoming charge as well with all of this. You'd think, but who fucking knows at this point? And they have the balls to say they're still excited about this movie and everything's fine, and it's like, fuck off. I mean, they're probably still going to get a shit ton of money from royalties. I don't know. Uh, I hope not. Yeah, I hope not, too. Honestly, the main thing more than this is, like, like jokes and whatnot notwithstanding. Like, this person does not need a jail cell. They just straight up need help. Yeah. Like, And also they, to be out of the Hollywood spotlight, because that's probably just exacerbating shit. And also, yeah. I hate their acting so fucking much! Yeah, I, mean, I know that clouds my judgment, and I know <laughs> I'm not unbiased on this one, but fuck, get him out of the Flash, get him out of DC for crying out loud. I mean, they just need to be taken out if for no other reason than like they're by- barely functioning as a regular person. Like this is an individual that just needs help, and I'm pretty sure what's going to happen is that you know media and Hollywood and whatnot are just kind of kind of use this as a as a bit of a pariah for all the wrong reasons. Oh, yeah, no, I see this. If Miller gets charged with anything, the double-edged sword is this is going to be an actual... Well, if they get, you know, convicted of anything. Mm-hmm. But really, even once the legal proceedings actually get going, the real problem is that certain aspects of the media are going to turn this into an absolutely fucking shit show because of how Miller chooses to identify. So... Uh, what is that? But that doesn't even have anything to... Oh, I mean, it I doesn't, but it's not going to stop those people. You know the ones. Uh, yes, I do, unfortunately. And it sucks. And uh, that's part of why I, I do actually feel bad about this shit, but also they've been, they've been accused of grooming minors, so fuck them. Yeah, like, they're, like, like... Metaphorically like, and legally, fuck them. <laughs> yeah, it's like, now, like, we're not here to, to defend Ezra Miller. Let's not make bones about it. But I would but, at least say to both of us, in some degree do respect the adage of, you know, when a person needs help, they need help. They need help, and also don't use this as a springboard for whatever gross shit you want to say about about, about trans people. Just fucking don't. Don't do it. Don't be an asshole. That's unfortunately easier said than done these days. Right? I mean, I'm an asshole, but I'm not that kind of asshole. Oh, yeah, no, saying, like, I am an asshole. You know what? Specifically, (laughs) don't be that kind of asshole. Yeah. On the, it's like, because it's the thing of like, fuck Ezra Miller, but also not for these reasons. If that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, I got a, I got a brand new news update. Yay. Yeah, this one's a good one. Thank God. <laughs> Getting off of this absolute fucking tangent. We got a release date for Sonic 3. Seriously? December 20th, 2024. Oh. Okay, yeah, I wasn't expecting to hear that, at least until sometime next year. Alright, I'm quite pleased. I'm quite happy. <laughs> I needed that. I needed that after that big giant rant. Yeah, there's some good news. Whew, very exciting. Mm-hmm. So we don't have trailers this week, unfortunately, because nothing came out that felt like it was worth talking about. Mm-hmm. 
So let's move on to this weekend's box office, where, Greg, you'll be very pleased to know Top Gun Maverick is not in the top five this weekend. Thank Christ! Please let me buy this movie now! (laughs) (laughs) Good lord! Anyways. Number Uh one this weekend, domestically, of course, as always, was Bullet Train, which took in $31.1 million domestically and $62.5 million worldwide. League of Super Pets took second place with $11.2 million domestically for $45.1 million domestic total and $83.4 million worldwide. Nope took in $8.5 million domestically for a $97.97 million domestic total, which is also its worldwide total. Thor $7.6 million domestically for a $316 million domestic total and $698.8 million worldwide, closing in on that $700 million. And in fifth place... Minions Rise of Gru with a 7.1 million domestic weekend for a 334.5 million domestic total and 757.8 million dollars worldwide. Obviously, I've covered Thor 4 Minions budgets before, so I'm not going to go back into that. They're making money clearly, hand over fist. Nope, does still have that 68 million dollar budget, so it is hopefully eating into its production but or marketing budget now and it started to move into making real money who knows it's very hard to tell with smaller budgeted movies what the marketing budget is versus production league of super pets 83.4 million sounds good except it's against a 90 million dollar budget wonder if it was worth getting the rock now and unfortunately bullet train 62.5 million dollar worldwide total isn't that great because it also had a 90 million dollar budget I mean, considering it's its first weekend, that's not horrible. It's not great, though, because Mm. it's only going to go down from there, remember? Ah, that's true. Like, movies... I don't want to say never, because I'm sure there's some kind of exception. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, movies make the most money they're going to make per weekend in their first weekend. Ah, that's fair. They can have very low drops, but I can't think of a movie offhand that made more in its second weekend than it did on the first. Fair. I don't know. My big takeaway from that is that Top Gun is finally not in the top five. <laughs> it's like so. There's so there's gonna they're gonna stop putting it in theaters now, right? Right. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's still got a couple weeks left. Oh, it absolutely does. Um, like I'm pretty sure there's still show times for it or something right now. Most likely. In fact, I'll almost guarantee. Mm. Oh boy. So I saw Bullet Train this weekend. And by this weekend, I mean just earlier today before recording. How was it? I liked it quite a bit. Cool. I'll start with no spoilers. Uh, The cast on this is crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got Brad Pitt, Joey King, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Brian Tyree Henry, Andrew Koji, Hiroyuki Sonata, Michael Shannon. (laughs) <laughs> Sandra Bullock Zossie Beats and Bad Bunny's in this one Bad Bunny yes the, he's the one playing El Muerto in the upcoming highly anticipated Sony movie El Muerto <laughs> and I mean he was alright I guess <laughs> so confidence inspired he says, clearly gritting through his teeth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- this was a fun movie. I The takeaway I got, because I, I never, unfortunately, got a chance to see it. Just go see it later. Oh, I'm going to. I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I plan on seeing it tomorrow, tomorrow night if I can. Oh, good. That does me a lot of good. 
I'm sorry. It's fine. I'm just giving you shit. I know. But, like, I am upset that I didn't get the chance to see this right away. Because everything, at least everything from the trailer makes me go, like, this looks like... Like, it was kind of thinking, like, I don't know if this movie's going to be, like, good, but it looks like a fun-as-hell time. Yeah, it's certainly entertaining. The action scenes are a lot of fun. I don't understand the 53%. When you told me about the critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, I was kind of flabbergasted, because... I don't know. I'm not expecting much of anything from this movie except an entertaining time, and I got that. So yeah, no. Like based on everything I saw, like I wasn't expecting this to be like love and love and peace and anything like that. Or um, but when I saw the RT rating, I was like, wait, really? Like it can't possibly be that bad. Rotten Tomatoes has it at fifty three. I think the audience score last time I checked was like seventy eight. Yeah, that's much more what I expect. I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised with low 70s, but mm-hmm. I certainly don't understand why half of critics would hate this one. It's, yeah. I guess maybe it thinks it's a little smarter than it is, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But again, it's, it's also smarter than I was expecting. There's a okay. lot of interlocking parts in this movie, and I don't want to call it a mystery, mm-hmm. but... You do kind of have to pay attention to figure out how the parts all come together. Some of it's a little obtuse, like, you don't find out the real... It's not even that you technically have... It's one of those frustrating things where you technically have all the information you need to put it together before it happens. But when it happens, you get the context, if that Mm. makes sense. And... I don't know. For me, it's not a great mystery because of that. I don't. I don't know if I should call it a mystery, but it's not the most intriguing answer because of that. I don't exactly want to compare it to this because it's a wonderful movie, but it kind of sounds like um, kind of the whole setup for Knives Out. In that Knives Out, like I'm pretty sure, like within the first twenty minutes, you know who did it but you have no idea how, and then when they finally roll through everything, it's like, okay, now that we have the context, it makes a lot more sense. No, this is you... different. Okay. To to put it one way, with Knives Out, and I guess spoilers for Knives Out if you haven't seen it yet, which you should, it's a great movie. It's a wonderful movie. Absolutely fantastic time. I knew it was Ransom. I couldn't tell you how it was him, <laughs> but I knew it was him. Mm-hmm. Here... There is ultimately someone behind the whole thing, and I did not see it coming. Okay. But also, I mean, for me, and maybe this is my overly narrow list of criteria, but for me, there's two good components to a twist, or Mm -hmm. a sort of twist, mystery, any kind of thing that you're supposed to surprise the audience with. Mm -hmm. That isn't a jump scare. And it's that one... It has to be surprising. Okay. Or at least some element of it has to be surprising. A twist that you can guess is not a good twist, functionally. Mm. Yeah, no. However, and this is where, and I'm not saying it's easy to make a good twist under these criteria, but the second part is important. The second part is it has to make sense on subsequent viewings once you have all the pieces. And if it can't do that, it's not a good twist, and I'm... I'd have to see it again to weigh in for sure, obviously, but I don't feel like this is that. Okay. Still, yeah. very well acted. The action's amazing. It's funny. 
there's way more talk about Thomas the Tank Engine than I would have expected from an R-rated... <laughs> I beg your pardon? <laughs> I will not give you it. I will not elaborate. You'll just have I'll... to find out. No, that makes me want to see it even more, because I love Thomas the Tank Engine. Like, I loved it so much when I was a kid. So if there's, like, Thomas the Tank Engine callbacks in 2022, I am all here for it. It's still going, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I pretend it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Didn't we just have a discussion recently about that we both had the original, like, stories collected? Yeah, like, I think we both had the original, like, Island of Sodor, like, collection yeah. of stories, and I was sad that I got rid of that when I was in high school. Yeah, like, I don't know where the... mine went, but it's gone too, I'm sure. Yeah, um, but no, in regards to Thomas Dickens' show, they lost me when their mouths started moving. Same! Everybody <laughs> knows they talk through train telepathy! <laughs> And, like, some of the humans just assume the telepathy with 100% accuracy. <laughs> yes, everybody are figures who speak through telepathy. Yeah. Yeah, anything that has, like, actual Thomas the Engine callbacks, like, if it's classic Thomas the Tank Engine, I am all here for, instantly get, like, 20 points to the positive in my book. <laughs> I definitely say Brad Pitt's all right. The real standouts to me are Brian Tyree Henry and Aaron Taylor Johnson, and also Joey King's character. And I can't really go into why they're great, but they are great. I did kind of gather from like a lot of the marketing and whatnot that Brad Pitt is like the pull for the general audience, but everyone else in the cast is the one who actually like makes it memorable. He's also quite good on his own, though. I mean, mm. now it's funny. As he's gotten older, and especially since Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I mm. love most of Brad Pitt's acting now. Because <laughs> in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he's amazing. Oh, yeah, he's great in that movie. But, yeah, Joey King, just to bring up the little bit, is she's the one chick with a British accent who goes, we are right on schedule. <laughs> in that one trailer. She's also great. Right. <laughs> but I won't tell you anything else. Okay. And it's so hard to talk about anything else, I guess, in non-spoilers. Okay, so moving on to the spoiler part? I don't know if we should, since you're going to see it tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> might as well. Well, I mean, no, I feel like there's no point to if you're going to see it tomorrow, because... Oh! Yeah. Okay. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, no, like I said, I plan on seeing it tomorrow night, like it later yeah, at so... night, so... I mean, we're over an hour anyway, so I guess I really don't need to. Alright. You know what? Go see this movie. It could use the box office. I'm not going to spoil anything. Go find Ye out for yourself. Yes, for real. Because <laughs> I definitely plan on taking advantage of that. Actually, I'm gonna, well, I'll wait until after we're done, but I do need to look up show times for this. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Eventually, I am going to hit a point where I'm going to stop giving a shit and I'm going to start spoiling stuff. This is the second one in a row. <laughs> I mean, that is completely fair. <laughs> that is completely fair. I know I kind of suck at this. <laughs> uh, next week, uh, fall, I guess? Oh, aka Darwinism the movie? It's it's either that, it's Inuo, or it's Mac and Rita. And I'm just going to read you the summary here. Okay. When 30-year-old self-proclaimed homebody Mac Martin reluctantly joins a Palm Springs bachelorette trip for her best friend Carla, her inner 70-year-old is released. Literally. The frustrated uh, writer and influencer magically transforms into her future self, Aunt Rita. 
Freed from the constraints of other people's expectations, Rita comes into her own, becoming an unlikely social media sensation and sparks a tentative romance with Mac's adorable dog sitter Jack. A sparkling comedy with a magical twist, Mac and Rita celebrates being true to yourself at any age. So fall it is, then. <laughs> Alright, I figured I'd just give you the rundown on that one and make it a fair contest. Ugh, God almighty, that is, oh my god, that sounds horrid. I no, swear to god, I... though, if I have to sit through fall by myself this weekend and you <laughs> don't see it, I'm gonna be very upset with you. I can't, I can't promise Saturday, because I do have plans this Saturday, but if anything, I will see it with you at some point. Maybe, like, Sunday night or something like that. <laughs> you know what, let me check your time as well. But in the meantime, we're gonna call this... Let us know what you think about the water discovery fiasco and where you think it's going, because I welcome any other takes on this. This is a bit bigger than I'm used to, but... Yeah, this is like industry-moving stuff right now. What a fucking shit show, though. It is indeed a show of shit. My god. (laughs) Anyways, thanks for listening, everybody. If you haven't already, like, comment, subscribe, follow us on Spotify or RSS or whatever, and share it with people if you want. It really helps out, and we would 100% appreciate it. Indeed. Indubitably. And uh, look forward to watching a movie about people climbing a 2,000-foot-tall tower and then falling off, probably. Or, like, being like, we're stranded on a 2,000-foot-tall tower. I wonder how this happened! (laughs) Right. (sighs) Ugh. Alright. Okay, bye, everybody. Okay, bye.